A strange team of superhuman beings came to Terminal City a few months ago, and not long after, one of the mayor's many hooded agents came slinking by my office and requested that I look into their backgrounds. To that end, I spent six weeks under deep cover, mostly pretending to be a series of increasingly grumpy Girl Scouts and a handful of shrubs. And the things I learned, they were pretty shocking, even to me. But when I presented my findings to the mayor's hooded agents, they just laughed at me and claimed to have lost interest in the whole thing. They said they didn't care about superheroes anymore. They were into marbles now and wanted to know if I had any shooters or maybe a side alley Jasper, which I could put up against their big cat's eye. So I figured I might as well make a record of what I discovered so that way somebody will know who all these new weirdo superheroes are and what they're all about. I'm Anonymous Cubed. I'm a detective for hire and I also investigate paranormal occurrences. Sometimes I get paid, but a lot of the time I just barely get by. The team is called Action Force 8, and there's eight members of the team. The team leader is a 16-foot-tall pit bull made of living gemstone crystal named Rock Dog. She was the last of a species of space dogs who were obliterated when their galaxy was consumed by an enormous black hole which was high on crack cocaine. Now Rock Dog has the power to reflect cosmic radiation into beams of pure positive energy, sort of like the Care Bear stare, except this also tends to cause cancer. The Fumes is a collection of gases that tells jokes. Nobody likes him. He was built by an evil scientist who worked exclusively in the art of weaponized farts. And Fumes was his masterpiece. A self-aware stink bomb capable of odorizing whole cities. But with the Fumes' advanced artificial intellect came compassion and a weird obsession with 1980s stand-up comedy. So now... He fights for the cause of justice while making outdated references to the food they serve on airplanes and the nagging wife he doesn't actually have. I get the impression that the rest of the team is looking to get rid of him, but he's the only one of them who knows the Wi-Fi password. The Prickled Pear is the creepy, quiet member of the group who tends to handle a lot of morally nebulous street crime. His claim to fame is that he says he has no superpowers, but he's been shot and stabbed hundreds of times, and he has no more to show for it than some scars on his back, so clearly he's fudging the details a little bit. Near as I can tell, a lot of his secret is anabolic steroids. The prickled pear is said to be a detective, like me. Though most of his villains tend to leave the scenes of their crimes with signed cards with their trademark gimmicks or animals that are matched to the villain's themes, so the detective part of his job is never really that impressive. Mostly he just finds clues and then adds er to create the villain. Jokes, riddles. One guy left half his lunch behind by mistake and got called the sandwicher for a month. Another guy left one of his running shoes behind prompting the prickled pair to announce that he'd be dedicating his resources to tracking down the runner-er, which nobody could understand. The prickled pair is an angry loner 
who also has a bunch of lovers, a squad of sidekicks, and is one of the founders and primary members of the Action Force 8, so I'm not really sure where he finds the time to be a loner. He also claims to be very attractive and wealthy, but his day job is just buttering toast at a truck stop eatery where he's known as Ugly Joe the Toast Boy due to the appearance of his face and the one task he can be trusted with. He is an angry, strange man, constantly claiming to be taller than he actually is and always starting sentences only to trail off as though he feels it is somehow dramatic and not just annoyingly obtuse. Mean Jean, the Green Genie, is a magical piece of broccoli who's become self-aware after being grown over the grave of an ancient and powerful dinosaur wizard. I guess the dinosaur, who had also been a wizard, had a great deal of magical ability stored up inside its body when it died, and then all of that energy entered into a patch of broccoli which had been planted over top of the great lizard wizard's grave millions of years later. Now... Mean Gene, the Green Genie, walks and talks and looks like a normal adult human male, except that his head is a large stalk of broccoli, with two circles and a little line for eyes and a mouth drawn onto the center of the stalk to give people something to look at when he's talking to them. Mean Gene, the Green Genie, is easily the worst of the team, addicted to pills and beaten up criminals. My working theory is that the angry energy of the dinosaur wizard has infected Gene and is poisoning him from the inside out. The more he uses his strange and mysterious powers, the worse it gets. As of for his powers, I can't really describe them. They're difficult to define, but seem to involve making people feel all bloated and gross. Time, Moose is a moose who controls time. His backstory is full of mysteries and riddles with no real answers. He might be an ordinary moose, or he might be a magical being simply in the shape of a moose. He might also be 16 cats in a Halloween costume, but that seems pretty unlikely. His antlers can control the passage of time. The right one goes into the future, and the left goes into the past. Time Moose should not be confused with Chrono Moose, which was a TV show in the late 1980s about a time-traveling super spy who'd been enhanced with moose DNA. He mostly fought drug dealers and vampires. Miss Spider-Lord was the widow of Mr. Spider-Lord, who'd been the most powerful spider in the known universe until he was eaten by his wife after they were done copulating on their honeymoon. Now she possesses the powers of the quantum web, which allows her to teleport around the world at speeds of up to three miles an hour, which is less impressive than it sounds. Sister Blister is an adorable little girl who can set people on fire with her mind. She's in the second grade and has killed at least 37 people, all of whom died screaming. She likes unicorns, and puffy rainbow stickers and listening to people's skin bubble like bacon in a pan. If she can see you, it's probably too late and you're already dead. She gained her powers when she was bitten by a radioactive Stephen King novel. I'm not sure which one. The final member of the Action Force 8 is, of course, 
The Enigmatic Boston Bee Box. A small black box which occasionally will expel a tiny mechanical bumblebee. The true purpose and origin of the Boston Bee Box is still unknown, but as near as I could figure, it was first discovered sometime in the 15th century, and it's just been handed around since then, with nobody ever really wanting to keep it, but nobody wanting to throw it out either. The Boston Bee Box is more than a weapon, and suggests of a larger conspiracy at work. Clearly somebody is designing the tiny clockwork bees contained within the box. But who? And how? Is it a tiny person who lives inside the box? Are the bees teleporting into the box from a separate location? That's the thing. Nobody knows. I got to see a few of the bees close up after they were done stinging an old man to death in the middle of Main Street. As an ambulance took the old man's body away, the robot bees hung out for a while, eating a tiny box of donuts and drinking some tiny little cups of coffee not far from where I'd been waiting for the bus. When you get up close to them, the craftsmanship is really something else. You'd almost think they were real bees, though the thick, Bostonian accents are pretty weird. They're like little Ben Afflecks. My research has led me to believe that the Action Force 8 is a collection of fictional concepts who have tricked their way into this world by smuggling themselves inside of a bunch of corrupted memes. Now they're passing themselves off as living beings, like tulpas that imagine themselves into existence. And they're here because they're hoping to get some kind of a deal with Netflix or one of the other big streaming services. A series of movies, maybe, or a computer-animated cartoon. The last I heard, they'd place their bets on putting out a podcast which would lead to an indie comic. I guess those are pretty big properties right now. I wouldn't know, I'm mostly just in here, talking about this stuff. I'm Anonymous Cubed. And if you need me to look into a mystery for you, just leave it in the comments section. And don't forget to share, like, and subscribe to this video podcast thing, or else I might teeter into the deeper end of the pool of oblivion which lays on the other side of all of our stories.